Update, brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Advising businesses and families since 1949. Visit simcox.com or call 690-300. Manx Radio's Update with Andy Wint. Fast away, good evening, it's half past five. This is Update for Wednesday, 3rd of January 2024 from Manx Radio. 30 minutes looking at the latest news on the Isle of Man and background to that news. We got sport and business and sea watch and travel updates and the newsmakers in person. This evening, clash between the health minister and the committee vice chair. No danger to food and animal feed supply. Meds is closing overnight. Hutch is back at TT 2024 and remembering Leonard Singer. Man Benham for all your business and legal needs. First of all, at 29 minutes ahead of 6 o'clock, the update news headlines, Fastamai, Siobhan Fletcher. Fastamai. Police are appealing for help in locating a missing man. 33-year-old Jamie Christopher Eyre was last seen at around 12.30pm in the south of the island. Anyone with any information as to his whereabouts is asked to contact police headquarters. The Department of Environment, Food and Agriculture has sought to offer reassurance today that food or animal feed availability has not yet been impacted by the staffing issues issues at the steam packet. A spokesperson says we are instead seeing some typical supply chain challenges that are associated with the weather and are not unexpected for the time of year. Newly released figures reveal the National Sports Centre has gone over £300,000 over budget in the financial year to date, despite a budget of £1.7 million. A Freedom of Information request sought the publication of the latest financial accounts from the facility back in November. Further afield, the fallout from Storm Henk, which brought strong winds and heavy rain across the UK yesterday, is far from over. A driver died in Gloucestershire when a tree fell on his car. The conciliation service ACAS says it's in contact with all parties in the junior doctor's strike. Members of the British Medical Association in England have begun a six-day walkout in their pay dispute with the UK government. And South Wales's fire chief is quitting after a report highlighted racism, sexual abuse and harassment in the service. Hugh Jakeway has apologised. There are your headlines, news at six. Secure tomorrow today with Man Benham's guidance on powers of attorney and more. Manx Radio Weather with Manx Glass and Glazing. Coromaya, thank you, Siobhan, from the Runnels Way Met Office. There's a strong wind warning in operation for later this evening. State of sea is slight or moderate. And the weather for this evening, dry and cloudy and a light to moderate westerly, increasing fresh overnight minimum is 7 degrees. For Thursday, tomorrow, cloudy with intermittent showers on a moderate to fresh west-southwesterly, up to 9 degrees. A wet evening will dry up through the night in a moderate northwesterly, and we're down to 6. Into Friday, Jehenya, cloudy with patchy light showers on a light to moderate northwesterly. Daylight maximum is 8 degrees Celsius. Tides on the way out, low water at 22 minutes to 11 tonight, high tide overnight at 8 minutes before 5 sunrise 23 minutes to 9 tomorrow and the morning low tide at 4 minutes to 11 Manx Glass and Glazing can supply and install single, double and triple glazing call 674 573 or visit the showroom on the Snugborough Trading Estate 
A member of a committee that oversees the work of the health department has resigned, stating she can no longer work within the toxic and adversarial atmosphere created by the health minister, Laurie Hooper, MHK. Annette Baker is the vice chair of the Health Services Consultative Committee, and she'll step down at the end of the month, says that comments made by Mr Hooper about the accuracy of the body's annual report led to her decision. It's left a very sour taste in all of our mouths, all of the people who are involved in the writing of the report you know, the very hardworking, dedicated people on the HSCC. My message to the Minister really would be to come back round the table with us to talk about the findings of the report and any issues he had with it in a professional way as previously happened. There are some points in there which we still feel worthy of serious consideration by the DHSC and we feel now that there's been absolutely no due process of reviewing our recommendations or any of the feedback that we provided, which is a real shame. The whole intention of our report was to try to help to make things better. So I would urge him to talk to whatever the incarnation of the HSCC is in future, basically to explain any objection he has to it in a professional manner, which I don't feel happened this year. I think he got annoyed and he reacted badly. And I think that's been fundamental to his subsequent conduct since. And he's found it very difficult to step down from that stance and to come down and talk to us sensibly, which is all that any of us ever wanted. We asked Minister Hooper for a response and he sent us the following statement. Resignations were not unexpected following the changes in the HSCC regulations. The changes refocused the committee onto patients and service users and were strongly opposed by some members. I acknowledge that the changes may be uncomfortable for those deeply invested in the previous regime, but I firmly believe they are in the best interests of the island. I can confirm a complaint was received through the appropriate channels and I have fully cooperated with the investigation. It wouldn't be appropriate to comment any further at this time, but I look forward to seeing the outcome in due course. I am eager to work with the Health Services Consultative Committee as they move on to the collection and delivery of vital service user feedback, championing the views of users across health and social care and helping drive transformation of services. They will be pivotal in ensuring that service users have a route for their experiences and suggestions to be heard, as well as providing a proactive forum for seeking out service level improvement in a way that will help us bring about meaningful improvements. Food or animal feed availability has not yet been impacted by the staffing issues at the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company. The reassurance comes from the Department of Environment, Food and Agriculture, which has released a statement to Manx Radio following rising food security concerns. The story from Beth Espy. A DEFA spokesperson says we are seeing some typical supply chain challenges with the larger food retailers associated with the weather, which are not unexpected for the time of year. It follows the announcement that the Manxman is now restricted to daytime-only sailings for the next fortnight. That's due to the ship being undermanned while members of the Nautilus Union take industrial action. The MV Arrow has been called in to cover overnight freight services in the meantime. The DEFA statement says following the recent announcement from the Isle of Man steam packet regarding the changes to the sailing schedule, DEFA has been involved in a government-wide conversation regarding how essential supplies to the island can be maintained, especially food and also animal feed. 
The Isle of Man steam packet, they say, has indicated the Arrow will be brought into service to ensure the freight link is not adversely affected. And as yet, they continue, we have not seen any food or animal feed availability issues due to those staffing issues. They go on to say there is a strong local food availability from local shops, local butchers, local bakers, farmers markets and local wholesalers who all have fresh, locally produced food available. The website iomfoodanddrink.com has further details of what local food is available and where it can be sourced and we'll be hearing on breakfast tomorrow morning from the steam packet managing director brian thompson this is the most listened to isle of man news source and manx radio's update is the isle of man's most downloaded news podcast Ian Hutchinson will make his Snaefell mounting course return this year as he reunites with the Malenko by Paget's motorcycles team. The 16-time TT winners told Manx Radio what it means to be rejoining the outfit for this year after recovering from a stroke he suffered in early 2023. Yeah, Meg, I mean, obviously, missing yet another year of racing around the Isle of Man last year was not easy and perfect weather, like it was the perfect TT and I'd have loved to have been riding around there, but lucky again that I've been given this opportunity to, to ride for Malenko Padgett's team and you know it's just such an honour to be back at that team to be honest I'm sure we'd have carried on racing for a lot more years uh, if it hadn't been for the incident that happened at Silverstone but to go back to him as a full team again now it's just it is a dream come true I think I'm very lucky to be honest I mean I didn't know much about a stroke beforehand and that was obviously why I was still trying to get myself ready for the TT last year and when I found out the ACO had taken my licence off me I, I just couldn't understand it but obviously looking back now it was the right thing to do and you know it, it wasn't right for me to go racing at that time it affected my speech I couldn't speak for a good few weeks and it took me a while to speak properly from then on but it all came back and then I could drive within a month on the road I did a track day in May and I've been teaching out in Almeria through winter so um, yeah very very lucky to be honest the main thing for me with Clive's bikes you can just get on the bike and ride the bike and this is something I have lacked a little bit over the last few years when I've been riding bikes struggling a bit with electronics and stuff we've had to be in and out and changing stuff and you know it's not really done me any favours I need to get to the TT come out in the first night of practice do two laps not be coming in get on another bike do two laps I literally need to be doing however many laps we can do every night I need to be out there doing those laps I don't need to be breaking down I don't need to be having any problems and um, you know it's down to me to get my speed back and you know I just want to get myself back there and be at the front of it again and be there competing for the win that's the only reason I go to the TT I love to try and win Meds, the Manx Emergency Doctor Service, will close overnight during the week from Monday, with people needing medical care being redirected to the emergency department at Nobles Hospital. Manx Care's Exec Director for Health Services, Oliver Radford, explains one of the reasons behind the decision. Our data shows that during that period, that eight-hour period, the demand on the service is significantly reduced. We have between one or two appointments per night during that period, which we feel that can be a accommodated within our other services, primarily ED. Your listeners probably are aware that there have been periods during 2023 that we had to close meds during that overnight period. For those periods of of closure, we did analyse the data on those days that we closed meds during that period, and we found that there was very little impact both on the ambulance service, ED, and also for GPs the next day. We are reasonably confident that it, it, it will have a minimal impact. Impact. Clearly, 
during the, the period of the, the three months of closure, taking us up to the 31st of March. We will continually monitor that data to see whether there has been a an impact on other services. And looking at that data, reviewing that data, we'll make any tweaks that we, we need to. All patients who attend ED get triaged. Our triage time standard is within 15 minutes. Because of the busyness of ED overnight, we tend to see around one attendance an hour during that midnight to 8am period within ED. So we are reasonably confident that those patients will be triaged within the 15 minutes. During that period of, of the three months, we will ask uh, patients if they were intending to use meds if it had been open. And that is part of our data collection that we'll be using during the three month period to evaluate whether this is something that we will continue on beyond the 1st of April. Sea Watch with the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company. Motor vessel Manxman left Hesham at nine minutes past two. She'll be in to the bay very shortly and on to the links. Ben, uh, no departure this evening due to operational reasons. The sailing has been cancelled. You will have had a message from the Steam Packet, or you can give them a call on 661661. So no outbound tonight. Douglas to Hesham, no return Hesham to Douglas. The next departure, 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Manxman heads for Hesham. Follow the Steam Packet on Twitter for the latest sailing information. One of the Manx media's best-known and respected figures is calling it a day after more than a half a century in the industry. John Watterson, who's best known in recent times as sports editor for Isle of Man newspapers, started his career as a printer with the old Examiner Group in Hill Street, Douglas, when he was just 15. I enjoyed the industry more as it was in the older days, and newspapers were extremely healthy and extremely profitable, I have to say, in those days. People used to be queuing up on a Thursday evening, waiting for their copy of the Examiner, which it was printed on a Thursday then the queue up in Hill Street waiting for the papers because it wasn't just the news content it was more really for the advertising your bargains your car sales your house sales and of course they were well read you know the Isle of Man Examiner I remember as printing 17,000 copies and the Times would be about 12 Star was a bit smaller but in total between the papers it'd be somewhere in the region of 25 30,000 copies a week the other thing was there that there was a, a journalist's shorthand with, with typing you know for instance if they were at a council meeting Douglas Council it wasn't spelt out cancel it in the shortened version they sent to the typesetting department it was C-double-L-R cap C just all sort of a shorthand version typewritten but a lot of the copy coming in and from the the professional writers was handwritten it was amazing characters in there Sid was one of them and and Terry Kringle who of course worked for the radio as well Alan Bell Alan K. Bell just a a wonderful team of people Eric Kinray the editor Robert Kelly who died a few years ago Val Roach I mentioned earlier all those were great characters but the same in the printing side of it Mr. Quayle Herbie Quayle was the managing director. He was a great character too. And I think that because it was a, the kind of industry it was, did sort of encourage people to, should we say, be a bit outspoken, a bit different. <laughs> Manx Radio Business Briefing. At 16 minutes before six, in corporate news, supermarket retailers Sainsbury's and Tesco advanced after the latest data from Kantar showed the retailers enjoyed their busiest Christmas since 2019. The data also showed the annual rate of grocery price inflation fell from 9.1 to 6.7%. The 
lowest level since April 2022. And for a full daily market report, go to RamseyCrockall.com. The EU, UK, Australia, South Korea, Japan, Canada and other leading major economies have started to apply an effective tax rate of at least 15% on profits of multinational companies this week, kicking off an OECD-led global tax reform. It aims to help curb a race to the bottom on corporate tax rates in order to attract investment, and it's expected to raise annual tax revenue by up to 9%, or 201 billion euros, about 175 billion sterling, worldwide. Ireland, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, Switzerland and Barbados, which previously had corporate tax rates of 5.5%, are among the more than 50 countries now implementing the first part of a two-pillar deal. The intention to ultimately establish tax collection rights between participating nations. The US and China haven't introduced the reform yet, despite being amongst the 140 countries that backed it originally. But the OECD, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, believes it's a critical mass of countries that will make it enough to initiate the deal. The Stock Market Report. Brought to you by Ramsey Crookall. UK and European markets fell sharply after a gloomy start to the new trading year yesterday. US stocks slid, bond yields rose, gold fell as the dollar firmed, and oil rose after reports of a disruption to Libya's top oil field added to supply concerns emanating from tensions in the Red Sea. The numbers from Ramsey Crookall at the close in London, the FTSE 100 down half a percent at 7,682. The DAX in Frankfurt down one and a half percent at 16,500. A short time ago in New York City, it's all downhill. Uh, the Dow Jones Industrial down six-tenths of a percent, 37,473. The Nasdaq Tech Stocks Index down nearly eight-tenths of a percent at 14,650. The S&P 500 in Chicago down six-tenths of a percent at 4,714. But the trading day continues across the Atlantic. In the exchange markets, the British pound sterling uh, trading at one US dollar, 26.3 cents, one euro, 15.8 cents and 23 South African Rand 69.5 cents in commodities gold's down 1.3 percent at $2,032 per troy ounce and a barrel of Brent crude up two and a half percent at $77.90. You've got an investment plan? Yeah Mike set it up. But don't you need loads of money to do that? Not this one it's called Shearwater from Ramsey Crookall and you pay in monthly as little as £100 so it's like saving regularly really helping us invest in the future for a house of the kids education £100 a month I could easily do that you should the sooner you start the better invest in your future with as little as £100 a month Shearwater from Ramsey Crookall the island's investment specialist for 75 years call 717171 or visit ramseycrookall.com Licensed and regulated by the Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. Faster by. Good evening. Thanks for joining Manx Radio. Former MHK and MLC Leonard Singers died at the age of 80. The Ramsey Commissioner, Joe McGuinness, who served on the board with Mr Singer, says he was a keen politician and brought plenty of experience to the local authority. So I worked with Leonard since 2021 when he came in the most recent time. And obviously I know that Leonard served Ramstown Commissioners a couple of occasions, was chairman in the 90s. I know from my time with serving on the board with him, 
you can definitely say that Lander was incredibly passionate about a number of projects that were close to his heart. He was a keen politician. He certainly brought that experience from being an MHK and MLC to the board. He, he knew how to form his arguments and, and write speeches for things he was very passionate about. So he, he brought a, a different level of politician to Ramstown Commissioners. I think any level of experience that's lost to the board will be detrimental, but that's the wonderful thing about democracy is it's made up from multiple different parts. I think a lot of the time the variety makes a lot of difference. At this point, it's more just saddened that Mr Singer won't have served his full term and served Ramsey that final time. I think his impact on the cottage hospitals is huge, and I know he was a pharmacist in his career before or during politics, so his passion for medical treatment and especially for the medical care in the north, he's done an awful lot of great work for the, the cottage hospital, and I'm sure his, his influence and his, his keenness to help will be missed. I think it's really interesting when he came back into the commissioners, I think it says a lot about him that even after a lot of people when they got lost the MHK election in 2016 would have, especially in his advanced years, would have said I've had a, a great career in politics and, and I'll just sort of enjoy my retirement, but kept in politics for 50 years, came back to serve Ramstown commissioners later in life. I think that it's a great example of, of the person he was. Update brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Manx Radio Sport. Faster my Rob Pritchard. Faster my good evening. Starting with more motorsport news, a Manx TT competitor Michael Evans will ride for Smith Racing on the 600cc machines for the 2024 season. Announcing the move, the Santa Man says they're planning to contest the Super Sport races of both the Isle of Man TT races and Northwest 200 this year. At TT 2023, Evans secured a 12th place finish in the Super Sport Race 1 and was a retirement during the Super Sport Race 2. In the 1000cc classes on his own, Michael Evans Racing Suzuki, he finished 19th in both the Superbike and Senior TT contests. More news on two wheels, this time in cycling. Manx Elite women's competitor Lizzie Holden has extended her contract with Women's World Tour Team UAE Team ADQ. The new deal will see Holden continue her campaign with the outfit going into the 2024 season. 2023 was a memorable year for the Ireland-born competitor, who was crowned Women's Elite British National Time Trial Champion in June. Among her other notable performances in the last campaign, Holden finished 14th in the World Championship Individual Time Trial event, whilst representing presenting Great Britain in August. Staying with cycling, and entries have now opened for one of the Isle of Man's major events taking place in the summer. The 2024 Grand Fondo Isle of Man will see five races take place over two days from the 27th to the 28th of July. Once again, the event will form part of the UCI Grand Fondo World Series. The races will range from the one-kilometre, family-friendly Minusculo Fondo at Morag Park in Ramsey, up to the headline 137-kilometre Grand Fondo Contest. And finally, tonight sees the first Manx footballing action of the new year, with a crucial bottom-of-the-table clash in the Isle of Man under 18s league. Colby faced Laxey at the ball at 6.15pm tonight with the Southern side still yet to register their first point of the latest season after five straight defeats. They face a Laxey side who have just three points on the board so far with one win in five. Manx Radio Travel, driven by Keyside Tyres and Service Centre. Inbound at Ronald's Way, the 5.25 Logan Air from Manchester came in a quarter of an hour early. Next it's the Hump Hour 7 inbound, easy check from London Gatwick on time. The 5.28 Logan Air from Liverpool returning patient transfer plane is on time. The 8 o'clock Logan Air inbound from London City has been cancelled tonight. Outbound, 6 o'clock, Logan Air to Liverpool. Then it's the 8 o'clock returning EasyJet back to London Gatwick. On the roads, of course, the mountain roads closed from Ramsey to the bungalow due to landslips. Currently, uh, work is currently underway to stabilise the area. 
In Colby, there's a phased closure on the Ballakill Ferrick Road for water main work. In Douglas, Hillside Avenue is closed for adjacent office window replacement heading through to Circular Road till the uh, middle of June this year. In Douglas elsewhere, Switzerland Road, a section's closed for construction work till November this year. In Andres, temporary lights on the Bride Road just north of the village for patching work. And Kean Drockard Road's closed in phases for water main work in Andres. Just south of Kirk Michael, temporary closures on the Balalai Road for water main work. Just reiterating, the mountain road closed from Ramsey to the bungalow. Keyside Tyres and Service Centre with one year's free engine warranty from Castrol. Get more with Keyside. Guy Thompson's been involved in scouting on the Isle of Man for almost two decades and for the past ten years has carried out the role of the island's commissioner. He was awarded an MBE in the King's New Year's Honours List. He's also spent time developing a programme to help children with complex needs participate in mainstream activities, the first of its kind in the British Isles. He said the accolade was a big surprise. I started in scouting firstly as a parent helper uh, when my son was in scouting and then I got a more official role in scouting eventually becoming the island commissioner. So, no, I had no idea that this award was in the making, so to speak. Mid-November, I had a call from an unidentified number, and it happened to be the governor. So I've known since then. It's not on me, of course. It's scouts and our volunteers in general. I mean, it's a wonderful thing for Manx Scouting. Well, I've been uh, scouting with children with who need extra support probably for seven, seven or eight years now. But I felt that we could offer scouting to more children if we went to see them in the schools. This has now developed into four schools and we offer a full program of scouting. We actually, although the children are from various schools, we don't do the scouting in the schools. We do our scouting at our campsite and our facility in Maloo. We often can get congratulated by parents, of course, and it's, it's wonderful to see children develop these skills. You know, they, they have different needs. Children chopping firewood or striking fire lighters to get fires going. We do everything that mainstream scouting do. And of course, it's a big thank you to all of our sponsors. Without them, of course, we couldn't do this. We couldn't get this off the ground. Update. Brought to you by Simcox Advocates. Advising businesses and families since 1949. Visit Simcox.com or call 690-300. It's five to six on Manx Radio. The past year has been an important stepping stone in the development of cricket on the Isle of Man. The cricket development officer, Greg Wright, explains what the standout moments were last year and what's needed to grow cricket in 2024. The big standouts are obviously starting with the, well, you'd say the team of the year for the lads, which was a contributor acknowledgement of their successes in 2022 so the year started really well with that the home series against Austria obviously the first time we've played T20Is on the Isle of Man which again was a series win for the lads and then finishing off with the women's successes in Austria and Romania with the Continental Cup from the international stage perspective all really really well I think it's the application of the individuals more than anything we've got a, a small pool that we can select from so with that pool we have to they have to remain driven to actually be the best that they can be is the thing it's trying to make sure that they're always looking forward rather than looking at what's coming up behind them one of the things that we're looking to do I mentioned earlier about the smaller talent pool we're looking to grow that because with the with the opportunities that we have now with the ECNT 10 stuff that comes around we've got World Cup qualifiers next year as well which takes a lot of days out of people's calendars so we need a bigger pool and I think from doing that 
that will also create internal competition as well, which will hopefully then just trigger us to kick on to the next level. I just want to see more people playing and being better and improving. That's across every level, whether that be club cricket, development cricket, school cricket, whatever else not, we're putting together a good team. We've got a good group of volunteers, a good group of clubs, so there's no reason we can't just keep continue to grow and then the level of ability will grow with the level of participants. That's it for update tonight, compiled from the resources of the Manx Radio's news department. Thanks to the newsreader, Siobhan Fletcher, producer... Beth Espy after the news at 6 Howie Kane on Spotlight The Greatest Hits with Chris Kinley at 6.30 and I'm back tomorrow W-I-N-T